Hey everyone, before we jump in, I just want to give a quick reminder that there are mini podcast episodes that also drop on Thursday mornings. And these ones are not to be missed everyone because they are under 10 minutes and they're going to give you some, a little bit of education, motivation, and inspiration to help you finish your week strong. So do not miss those under 10 minutes. I mean, who couldn't do that? I mean, I love it. Right. So in right now I have the absolute privilege of jumping into an interview with Mr. Mark Victor Hansen and his incredible wife, Crystal Dwyer Hansen. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? <sighs> I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. entrepreneurs, I am so excited and so blessed to be welcoming these beautiful guests onto the show today. Everyone, welcome Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Dwyer Hansen to the show. Let me tell you about these lovely people in case you haven't, in case you don't know, which I bet you you might know. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen is best known as the co-author for the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series and brand, setting world records in book sales for over 500 million books sold. He's also a prolific writer with 307 books co-authored and authored. He's worked his way into the worldwide spotlight as a sought-after keynote speaker and entrepreneurial marketing maven. He is a charismatic speaker, having spoken to, wait for it, seven thousand audiences in 78 different countries. He's appeared on shows like Oprah, CNN, The Today Show, and so many more. And his amazing wife, Crystal, is a business strategist and successful entrepreneur, speaker, and author in the U.S. and China. She also is known as this quote-unquote celebrity coach and is a certified life coach and wellness nutrition expert whose personal coaching, speaking, CD and video programs, books, and articles have helped people all over the world. She's a member of ICF, for folks who don't know what that is, International Coaching Federation, and the founder of Crystal Vision life in skinny life, a wellness company. She is go figure. Cause she is the co-author of an amazing book that we're going to talk about today, but she is also the author of skinny life, the real secret to being physically, emotionally, and spiritually fit. And folks, we have an amazing conversation coming up for you. And it's based on their beautiful book. We were just speaking about this called ask the bridge from your dreams to your destiny. So both of you I could have gone on for hours and introduced the two of you, but both of you, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. It would have made my mommy and her mommy happy. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, so happy to be here. I know it's always awkward with the intros and I'm like, how much do I read and how uncomfortable are the people? Are they owning it on the other end of the mic? Or are they uncomfortable? <laughs> but for the two of you, I couldn't be more grateful to have you on today. So, but let's jump in because there's so much to speak about. 
you know, just, just coming right out of the gate. I told you, I absolutely love your latest book and here on the resilient entrepreneur, obviously our main topic is resilience, but even more so beyond that, you know, my personal mission as well as the show's mission is to truly, you know, make people feel a little less alone in this messy journey called life. And one quote in particular that I want to jump this off with crystal, I believe it was you who said in the book, um, there have been many times when we have been scared, lost, and unsure of our next, what our next move should be. The truth is no one is alive. No one who is alive escapes those experiences. Those are the times we toughen up, learn the most, reach to a new level or find a better version of ourselves. And given the topic of resilience, I think that is spot on folks. So could you two um, give an example, you know, either Crystal, you want to start or Mark, whichever of a story that may, you know, align with that for our listeners who may be at that moment where they have to pick themselves back up. Right. Um, do you want to go first? No, you tell me your life story. <laughs> well, gosh, you know, um, absolutely. You know, sometimes we look at people who we perceive to be really successful and have accomplished so many things and think, well, life has just probably been easy for them and they don't really get what it's like to struggle and then things like that but we found you know and we know personally firsthand that the opposite is true we've had our our fair share of struggles as have all of our you know superstar friends and yeah. so one such struggle for me i think one of the most challenging times in my life was a time when i was very very young i was one of those kids in high school who found uh, high school to be very easy so I graduated um, myself at age 16, accelerated my curriculum and married my boyfriend who was five years older. Um, not a great life plan as it turned out <laughs> because two and a half years later, I find myself in a new city, no family and friends, divorced, baby on my hip. And honestly, I absolutely how I was myself. And the only thing I could think of to apply for food stamps. And I remember going to the grocery store that day and standing there um, and getting ready to turn over those food stamps for my diapers and, and food. And I had this incredible epiphany and it was like all of a sudden time kind of slowed down and I felt like, like this light was shining on my head and yeah. this question dropped into my mind. And there actually two questions. And the first question was, how did I get here? followed by a second question that was, are you doing everything you can to get out of the situation or are you taking the easy way out? And the second I asked myself that question, the second that question popped into my mind, I knew the answer. And I knew I, I wasn't doing everything I could. And I knew I was taking the easy way out. And it was sort of like, in that moment, I had the biggest pivot. And as I was turning those food stamps over, I was saying to myself in my mind, this will not be my future with so much conviction. And I went home to my little apartment where I was getting eviction notices every month. And um, I knew, you know, I didn't have any answers, but I knew I had questions. I suddenly realized I have questions. So I started asking myself, you know, how can I get a job? Who would hire me? What are my skills? And I had worked through high school. Fortunately, I worked at my dad's law firm. I worked at um, a clothing store. I worked at, I worked at a young age. I liked working. I started working at taco time at age 14 and told them I was 50. And so, um, I, I remembered as I started asking those questions, I remembered hearing on the radio about temporary service agencies. So uh, like Kelly girls. So I called them up, asked how to apply, um, started taking on jobs. They'd feed you jobs and you could say yes or no. They might be two weeks. It might be four days. And over time, I started like filling in at attorney's offices, working at conventions, doing sales, doing all kinds of different jobs. And I 
started learning so much about myself. And um, I learned that I really love people, love working with people, and especially love sales. So at that point, I decided to put myself through um, real estate school. And at the at meantime, I was hit up and someone said, you should do some modeling. So I approached the modeling agent in, in my town and asked if they'd sign me. They did. I ended up doing some television commercials. They went national. And so literally a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half, Michelle, from that moment that I was turning over my food stamps, I'm now working for the largest home builder as a licensed realtor. And I became the real, you know, the top real estate salesperson in my company. And I was also getting these incredible residual checks each month. And my son and I now had super great benefits that we had insurance because I had to, jo- had to join Screen Actors Guild because I made enough money in the residuals. So for me, I thought back on that moment so many times in my life because it was like, I could have easily slid into my misery, into my victimhood. And I'm just, I guess I'm so thankful that I was able to ask myself those tough questions because I think in life, we need to ask ourselves the tough questions. And then we, we kind of need to have the courage to say, you know, to answer honestly, you know, it's like yeah. we sort of have to parent ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, one of the statements that I heard you say, which I think is very, very profound and needs to be restated is the fact that you didn't have the answers, but you did have the questions, right? And I think right. so often people, when they are in those situations or when things seem bleak, they just, they're like, oh, I don't have the answers. I'm, you know, count me out, um, which is why I love what you're saying here is that instead of looking for the answers, ask the right questions and answer honestly, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's- Yeah, it's- and that's why we did the book, Ask, because we've traveled, like you said, to all those great countries, talked to 7 million people around the world. We met great people, wonderful people, enlightened people, yeah. but most of them don't know they could be resilient entrepreneurs if they learned to A-S-K, to G-E-T, what they want, because you don't get what you yeah. deserve, you get what you ask for, and that's what we did to come out of our stuff. And I teach that an entrepreneur- <clears throat> finds a problem, fixes it, scales it, yes. and makes a vast profit. And right now, everybody, we believe with our friend, Dr. Muhammad Yunus, the guy who started microcredit, microfinance, everybody intrinsically has got to be an entrepreneur, especially yeah. seeing as COVID has put us all in isolation. we got to be resilient and bounce back. And that's why Ask is unequivocally the most important book we feel that anyone could read. And I think it's going to transcend and eclipse more everything I've done with a half billion books sold in chicken soup. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've been walking beside quite a few entrepreneurs through this entire time, ones who have been suicidal, watching their entire fortune gone, ones who have, you know, doubled their revenue, you know, and it's been very apparent to your point, the ones that can ask, the ones that can think a little bit outside of that box are the ones that are going to be successful too. So to your point, this book is absolutely pivotal and I'm sending it to all my clients. So they'll at least read it. (laughs) And I think others need to as well. Let me talk to that because you said, here's a guy who's a billionaire and here's a guy who wants to slit his throat. And I, and I won, when I went bankrupt in 1974, I felt the same way. So I got what it's like to be depressed, despondent, disconsolate and hopeless. But the fact is it's up to you asking the questions when, when, the richest man in the world now is, is obviously Elon Musk, who we love for a lot of reasons. And today he does his 21 predictions on Netflix. So everyone should watch that. But when they shut him down in California, he said, look, I'm going to ask myself questions to go over, under, around, or through and get to the other side. And because we needed respirators, he called up 3M and said, you guys can't make them. I own 3D machines. I got the people. I got 90,000 employees. Let me make them. 
He made more money, but he also made 90,000 cars and became bigger than GM, Ford, and Toyota all at once. And, and that's the point, is that crisis is an opportunity in disguise under one circumstance only as far as we're concerned, and that is your ASK to GET, which you just said correctly, the right answers. But you back to your other part to that, the first part, the premise, you've got to ask the right question in the right way to the right person to get the right result right here and right now. And you say, well, that's easy for you to say because you're rich. No, I'm yeah. rich because I did that. It's yeah. real simple. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and I think that is when somebody says something like that, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer that that is more about them and less about you, obviously, when it comes to that. And it's those, those limiting beliefs, because, you know, that's easy to say you dot, 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 you know, we could probably all say that about many people in our lives. However, you know, that is the distinction. That is the distinction. Did you ask for it? Did you ask yourself even what you're capable of? Because I know there's another section in here that I was very fond of when it says, you know, you were talking about how people's untapped potential and their, you know, unfulfilled dreams lie dormant because they just kind of go, oh, this is it. This must be the end of the road. Right. And I think there's so much more, right. That people could be doing. Well, Crystal loves to say that we're all born over endowed with 18 billion brain cells, but you've got to ASK, you make the decision in consciousness imploded, into, and she's a clinical hypnotherapist, but into your subconscious. Right. And that's why we're saying, ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And when we're saying, ask God, if you don't know what your destiny is, and our destiny is using this book, Ask, and the follow-up will tell you about our course, to get everyone to their destiny. But you can go to bed tonight and just say 400 times before you go to sleep, push back sleep and say, God, what's your destiny for me? God, what's your destiny for me? You are not, everybody listening, everybody watching has got a destiny and it is a great destiny. It's an important destiny. It's a destiny that matters. I don't care if you're unemployed, underemployed or hate your employment, you've got a destiny and it's your job to discover it. You came in here to create and contribute by learning one little simple technology, which you say, Everybody knows how to ask. No, they don't, no, or they would they have what they want. <laughs> no, no. And I think, you know, even when I was reading this book, I was like, oh, hello, trigger, hello, block. <laughs> like, you know, it, just, it made so much sense when I was going through, and I was like, oh, there's a topic for therapy this week. Um, but, you know, so can you tell us, you know, some of those things? Because I think, you know, there, I know that there are people listening going, easier said than done. But I mean, some of these things are legitimate blocks that we create ourselves. So can you speak to some of those? blocks that you mentioned in the book, please? Yeah. So we talk about the seven roadblocks to asking. And what we found is that, you know, everybody has at least one of these, if not more, and probably have experienced all of these blocks at some point in our lives. And it's super important to look at that because it's stopping us from getting what we want in life. Truly. It's stopping us from expressing everything we were meant to express. So the first one is unworthiness. And, you know, Michelle, it's just that feeling sort of that childhood conditioning that exists in all of us at some level that says, you know, you know, we don't deserve more or, you know, we're just not enough in some way. And sometimes it's so subtle, we're not in touch with it, but yet it's controlling everything we're doing. Um, the next one is the next roadblock we talk about is naivete. And I think this one is so important. We tell a story in the book about how, when my daughters were very young, they were born 16 months apart. So I had this crazy household. My son was a little older. And um, I hired this beautiful Filipina woman to work for us. She'd come every day and make these dishes from her homeland and loved our kids. And so um, one day she shows up with this fruit and cuts it up on a plate and said, try this crystal, it's really great. So I bit into this juicy orange fruit and I go, Melda, what is this? And she goes, it's a mango. 
I go, where did you get this? This is the best fruit I've ever tasted. And she goes at the grocery store. These <laughs> like, are at the grocery store. I felt so worldly at that point. I traveled all through Europe many times. How come I've never tried a mango? How could I be so naive to the best fruit in the world, right? Um, but it's how we all are. I mean, I grew up in Idaho where there are lots of potatoes and no mangoes. Yeah. And so it made me think, what else am I missing in life? Who am I passing by every day just because I'm, I'm naive that it could be my next best advocate, be my next partner, my next good friend, or someone who I could help in an important way? You know, what other opportunities am I just passing by because I don't notice them because I'm too naive to look for anything, you know? And so it made me really commit to like, I'm going to be more curious. I'm going to be curious about everything. Just you, we need to rekindle that wild curiosity. And that really comes from, you know, we talk in the book about, about children. We come into this world as children, completely uncorrupted in our asking. We do. We want to know everything. We want to know who, what, when, where, why, how, and we also are not afraid to ask for more, ask for everything and ask for more and more and more. And then at some point, depending on how we were parented, how we how schooling went, how, you know, our jobs went, how basic life rejection went for us over time, that beautiful natural ability to want to learn everything just gets shut down. And we stand, we find ourselves standing here as adults, being afraid to ask of, for anything, um, being afraid of rejection, um, being afraid even to let anybody let on to the fact that we don't automatically know everything, you know, being ashamed of that. And so this is all, this book is a journey and deeply into yourself about, you know, reckoning with that, recognizing these roadblocks and recognizing that you were born with this beautiful ability. It is time to wake it up. It is time to come alive again. So we're just inviting everybody to take this asking journey with us because it is the most transformational journey you can take. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I love, I love the fact that you brought in kind of that, that innocence of children. And I know you opened the book with the son, the was your grandson who asked you to, like, if he could help you write the book. And I, I myself have an almost five-year-old and an eight-year-old. And I was like, that is spot on. Cause they don't, they don't, they don't see that until you put that roadblock in front of them. And sometimes as parents, we don't know we're doing it. Um, but as adults, it's always interesting to me, you know, when I've, when I've asked clients or particularly work with a lot of women, you know, what do you want in this world? You know, what could make you happy? And they have no response, none. Um, so in regards to that, I mean, that's when you would say, ask yourself the questions, right. And go down kind of a question rabbit hole, if you will. Right. Well, that's what we discovered. And, and by the way, cause we've done now 114 other podcasts and we loved every one of them because our <laughs> publisher called and said, uh, do you want to push the book back and go, no, 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 no. We know how to ask to take adversity. Like we're teaching yeah. everybody here to turn into advantage. And so mm-hmm. we still do podcasts. We're, you know, one of the best selling books as a result, but back to what you asked about our grandson, we're yeah. two years ago, we're in Hawaii, right after Christmas, we own a company there called natural power concepts. And all of a sudden the, the little cell phone rings and it says gizmo. <laughs> now there's only one kid that we know where the gizmo walks in, and he's a six-year-old Everett, our grandson. We adore all six of our grandkids, but, you know, it's one of those Dick Tracy talking, talking to watch watches. And it, it said gizmo and I answer and she and I are on the beach and I go, yes, Everett. And he said, Grampy, are you and Mimi alone? I said, well, no, there's a lot of people on the beach with us right now. It's really I'm beautiful. Fine alone here, buddy. <laughs> I'm fine alone, but I can talk to you. He says, 
What, well, can I? I said, look, I told you you can talk to me 24-7. And he only has his parents and grandparents, us too, yeah. that he can call. He can't call anyone else. So that's really safe. And I said, what is it you want? He said, you know those books you write? I said, yeah. He said, well, I really love your book writing. I think you're really good. Grampy, can I write the next book with you and Mimi? Okay. And I look at her and I go, we both are shaking our head. Yes, because what you just said is correct. And Crystal said is kids are so precious. They're so yeah. innocent. They're they're <clears throat> innocent, uncorrupted, I think is one of the words that you used just now, honey. Yeah. And and he just wanted to do it. And I mean, he could, he is a great, brilliant, precocious kid, and we are leading him to fulfill his destiny. Which is beautiful. Cause I mean, I think about that and you think about at least, at least the parents, God bless, God bless mine. They tried the best that they could, but I think there was just this shutdown mentality almost that came from certain generations that, you know, I look at the untapped potential of my children now. And number one, I, my mind is blown by some of the things that come out of their mouths and the beautiful things that children come up with nowadays. Um, but I mean, do you think, what do you, and this is kind of an out there question, but how do you think the past couple months are going to impact kind of that imagination area of things for folks? Cause there's been a lot of back and forth about kids and people and entrepreneurs and this and that, and, you know, being shut down. Um, whereas I think it's going to make a huge impact for the better. I would love to hear your two cents on that. Right. And, you know, I think um, it depends on how the person that if you're an adult, what you've done with your time, yes. you know, and the intentional, the intentional work that you've done, you know, um, the intentions you set as a, as children, I think um, if you've had really good guidance, it's an amazing thing. I think for other children whose parents, you know, our daughter's a special education teacher. So I hear these stories of these families just struggling so much. You know, you've got mom who's a police officer, dad who's a tech guy who has to be on the computer all day long. You've got teenage sister in the other room trying to get her homework done. They're in kind of a small house, you know, and then you've got like a little boy who has some special needs. Um, and needs that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, time and, and, and attention. So I think for some kids, they're really, um, they need that live connected experience. Yes, they do. Very challenging for others. If they've had that attention where the parents can take time and be home, it's, it's been a time for families to grow together, to explore even more, to bring the curiosity in, to do things they haven't done together. So I think we're getting kind of a, a bifurcated result from this thing. And I think that's what we're going to see. And we're really going to have to work together to pull everybody up yes. again once this is over with, because we have to have to think about those kids. But um, I just wanted to hit back to the perspective, you know, you asked about going down that rabbit hole of asking yourself when you ask your clients, what do you want? And yes. I see the same thing as a transformational life coach. And, and that's why it's so important. Mark and I say, you know, they're on the ask yourself part, that's where it all starts. And there are kind of three critical phases. People go, well, what questions should I, should I ask? Yeah. We give you a lot of questions in the book, but I, I talk about these three critical phases of questioning. And those are, you know, starting with where am I now? Where am I right now? Because so rarely do people stop and, and, and figure that out. And you can't go forward until, until you really recognize where you are. What's, right. And all the little sub questions that come after that, what's working, what's not working. And why isn't it? How do you feel about it? Does it feel great? What things would you really want to improve? And then you know, the kind of the second phase. So where am I now? Where do I want to be? Right. Like, and we, Mark and I challenge people to bring the imagination into that, into that process. You know, we are the only animals on earth 
who were born with an imagination. And it is our creative power that the creator gave us. That's why we're created in the creator's image, right? Exactly. We can really yeah. imagine anything into life. And if you think about it, every, everything we have in this world started in some person's imagination, right. every amazing, wonderful thing. So that's how incredible your imagination is. And you need to take this really personally. Your imagination is incredible. You are an incredible being um, it's for everyone who's listening. Um, but that second phase is starting from that nth degree of your ultimate scenario of like, where do I want to be in my career? Where do I want to be in the nth most amazing degree of my relationships? Where do I want to be in the nth degree most amazing um, health and wellness? You know, where do I want to be in my life purpose? What is the nth degree of that most amazing place I could be? And imagine that and then start asking those questions backwards to engineer your life backwards. So from this amazing place of my career where I'm serving at the greatest, who am I serving? How are they responding? And what is it they love about what I'm bringing to them, whatever product, service, and how am I making a difference? Who am I talking to every, every day? You know, and what's important in each of my day? And in that way, when you ask those questions, you're literally engineering your perfect life backwards. It's right. so magical, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's interesting to me because if you go into just a purely business scenario, they'll say, oh, what is your current to ideal state analysis, right? Like run that on a business. What's the current state analysis and what's, you know, let's move to the ideal state. But you don't often see, unless you engage a coach or unless you read something like your book, people who will sit there and actually ask those questions, which it's, it makes me sad because at some point it's like the door shut and they're like, well, we're done here. I guess this is going to be how it is when they don't realize that there's a door that they can open just as easy as they can shut it. Um, which is again, why your book is so beautiful because it reminds folks of that exactly that point. Um, so, so what we're being told exactly what you're saying is that we've been told again and again. So it's happening as a, as a pattern, an archetypal pattern. Everyone's saying buy three books, one for you, one for whoever your life partner is, whether that's your spousal apartment, whether it's your matchmind partner, whether it's your business partner, church partner, we don't care, and go over every question in the book because most people are lost on this first question of well, 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 what do I want? And because it comes back to the undeservedness. And and once you go through all those questions, and then the third book, everyone's saying, Well, give it to a library because the libraries are folding up, they haven't got any money, and everyone's saying we would love I said, well, I'd love to do that. Libraries get it out. So we ask everyone to go to Amazon and get three books. But if they'll go over it, they can unfold who they are and it can realize their destiny yes. with by AI, by asking. Yes, which I mean, it, it to your point, that like, who am I question can be ridiculously overwhelming, especially if you're, you know, at those early stages and you're like, who am I? What am I going to do? I don't know. I'm just trying to get through tomorrow. But if you were to sit down with this book, to your point, you know, and just start from point A to point B, as I said before, you set it up beautifully with the story of the, with a story that you wrote that allows people to step into that persona of life just knocked me completely for lack of a better phrase on my ass. Like, cause that's the only way I can <laughs> describe it. Um, but if I start asking these questions, who am I, who do I want to be? There is always, and I don't usually uh, speak in absolutes, but there is always a way out. Correct. And an answer. And that, that's the other point that you made uh, two paragraphs ago. If you don't mind my do it, like writing a yeah, book, of course. But you, everyone needs a coach. And the reason is, if the world's greatest basketball player, and we could argue whether it's Michael Jordan or not, but I'm going to pick him. He said, I can only do it if I have a coach because all of us will backslide. All of us can't back to the yes. other words, is, is, is get pushed to your potential. 
and we are coaching each other with prayer and meditation for an hour every morning when we begin. But what we're going to do with our book is everyone, once they got the book asked at, at Amazon, we're saying go to askthebookclub.com, which we are going to train people and we're going to coach them to become what we're calling now master askers because the world is everyone's oyster. There is a gigantic opportunity. There is more promotion. There is more realization. There is more happiness. There is more fulfillment. For those in not in the right relationship, we'll help them get in the right relationship. Either one or in or the one they can be come into by asking. Yeah. And I think it has to do with breaking through that scarcity mentality on some levels too, right? Because they don't, they don't even see it as a possibility, you know, which yeah, no, is- we have blinders on. We're asking people to throw off the blinders. Correct. Yeah. Right. And it's especially challenging when, when times are tough, like they've been right. really tough in many ways for many people. And so what we tend to do is we look at the world out there coming at us and we're just kind of ducking and dodging and sort of trying to keep the balls up in the air, um, thinking that that is our life. And the reality is your life experience, which is the way you will experience life, actually is created right here exactly. inside of you, in your right. own heart and mind and spirit and soul. So when she, once you realize that and take ownership of that and kind of shut that down and say, yeah, that's happening. I can observe that, but I'm going to look in here. And now it's time to create deliberately. And you do need tools. I mean, life is challenging. It keeps happening. Who expected a pandemic for gosh sakes, you know, there go those, the 2020, you know, resolutions out the window or whatever. So you have to, you have to have tools that help you navigate through any of life's vicissitudes. And honestly, I don't think there is any more important tool than the tools that we're offering in this book, you know, because you have to learn to ask who to ask, when to ask, how to ask, why it's important, getting rid of the roadblocks, because there's literally no mechanism in this world that has the ability to reveal what is hidden from you, like asking. Well, right. Because if you don't, if you don't admit that you have to ask, then you're just going to turn a blind eye to what's hidden. And therefore you're going to stay stuck and keep cycling right through it. Right. Exactly. Um, Yep. And you never get off it. Right. And I, and I think there's something to be said about that level of comfort for some folks, maybe, especially in crisis, you, you revert back as a coach. I know that too. They go right back to the, to the standards or the standbys. Right. Um, but I mean, we speak a lot on this show about the collective tool set that you acquire while going through the fire. Um, and you're not going to get that way. If you don't ask, you don't ask questions around those tools. Um, so Mark, question for you, my dear. <laughs> um, yeah. There is there is one story in particular that I absolutely loved. And I think for our entrepreneurs listening here, you know, the story where you spoke about selling the chicken soup for the soul books before they were even, even, even quote unquote picked up or however you want to phrase that, you know, and how you just kept asking. And I think for entrepreneurs listening, could you run us through that scenario? Because I just thought it was pretty, it was pretty impressive. Well, it's got an A and a B. I'm going to let her do the Charlie Green part, not do the front end. Um, you know, when, when Jack and I met, and, and I was more the storyteller than Jack, and I taught him how to do these heart-touching, soul-penetrating stories, we wrote the book, and then 144 publishers all said, hit the road, Jack. And I said, it's okay if you don't like him, but I'm a nice guy. The truth is, I've been, selling, <laughs> I've been selling since I was nine years old. So we teach that if you get rejected, you just got to go N-E-X-T. But then we, you know, went to the ABA ourselves with three ring binders and, and backpacks and for three days and finally got a little publisher to take us 
if we buy 20,000 at $6 each, we're then I'm going to pass off to my wife about Charlie Green, because this really is- Oh, you want me to tell yeah. the Charlie Green story? So I think this is one of the ones you're referring to, Michelle. It's a great story. Charlie submitted it just in time for us doing this book. So we're like, this is a great story. It's a pure asking story. So Charlie, Mark used to, you know, he's, he was a well-known speaker before he became known for Chicken Soup for the Soul. So he uh, was speaking at a big mega church in the Midwest and Charlie Green showed up for this for this event. He goes, Mark, I don't think you even know this, but it was such an amazing day for me. But he said, you stood up and gave this amazing talk for all of us. And we all loved you. And we all stood up and cheered for you. And then when you were done, you kind of held up this manuscript and waved it around in the air and said, this is my new book that hasn't been published. It's going to be chicken soup for the soul, but no publishers will take it. So I want you to all stand. I'm asking you to stand with me and pray for this book that pray that we'll get it published and we'll sell a million copies. And so everybody did it. They were very appreciative of Mark's great talk. So they stood up and prayed for this book that it was going to sell a million copies. And then he goes, and I have one more question to ask you. Would you, you know, I've brought these order forms today. Would you please fill this out and put your credit card down? Amazing. I'll send you the book when it gets published. And Charlie goes, he goes, I was flabbergasted. Like everybody in that audience filled out the credit. They did what Mark asked. They believed in him so much. He believed in it. They filled out their credit card and waited for that book. And you know what? It turns out their faith was well-placed because (laughs) they must've felt something because everything he said came true. And he wasn't afraid to ask and even ask for the prayers and ask for the support, ask for everything. Right, right. Right. I mean, I read that and it was like midnight and I'm in bed. My husband's passed out next to me and I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, like the coach in me was like, yes, mom, you go like, good job. <laughs> like I was cheering you on. Like my husband was probably like, what is she reading tonight? <laughs> but you know, I just absolutely love that story. And I wanted our listeners to hear it because that barrier to just, you know, putting faith out there as well, you know, faith in universe, God, whatever you may believe in. Um, I'm a big believer that nothing happens, you know, everything happens for a reason, reason rather. So, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, look at that story. Who would have known? <laughs> case in point, Mark, case in point. <laughs> well, the apostle Paul said, faith is substance of things hoped for yeah. and evidence of things not seen. Well, it was clear that nobody saw chicken soup the way Jack and I saw it. Yeah. And it's it, nothing, by the way, it, it, you can't blame them. They, they get a million books get published a year in America. Of course. And, and, you know, they go, everybody says they're going to be a bestseller. Everybody says they're going to be an Oprah. I said, look, I'm a bypass marketer. I'm going to do stuff you've never seen before. <laughs> yep. and, and we did. When the Red Cross was out of blood, I became their spokesperson and I got every chiropractor to bring in their 25 million patients, yeah. tap blood, get a free adjustment. I was on the side of 50 million Diet Coke cases because that's bypass marketing. And we gave awesome. and we raised enough money to get 15,000 kids into boys and girls clubs. Because my cliche has always been one of many. I did a whole quote book actually, but is the size of your thinking determines the size of your result or the size of your question asking determines the size of your result. And if you ask little questions of how do I keep this job or how do I not get fired? Or when I went bankrupt, how, what if I go bankrupt? And I checked a book out of how to go bankrupt by yourself. Wrong question. Wrong result. Right? Whereas if you say, how, how do I become on schedule to make a million doing what I'm supposed to do to deliver my destiny to all of humanity? Because there's 8 billion people that need serving somehow. Yes. This We couldn't have more abundant opportunity than right now. And yes, we've been in a cocoon, but we're all ready to 
break out in high flying butterflyness metaphorically. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, and there's something to be said, who was it? Um, was it Ivan Eisner who said that um, this is the great pause that he dubbed this whole last year as the great pause because we all, there's no doubt that we all needed it. I think on a lot of levels to be able to, to look to your point inward and ask those questions inward. Um, so if you were looking at it, you know, the three different types of asks yourself, others, God, you know, is there a particular order? Do they all kind of coexist together or, you know, for you personally, which one do you tend to go to first? Yeah, any one of them can work, but the, the one about ask God is, you know, you got to keep saying to yourself before you go to sleep at night, like right before you go Eureka to your husband last night, metaphorically speaking is God, what's your death? What's your, what's your, you're going to hold the night and you get to tell your kids, hey, I'm going to, and I got to have a pen and paper next to bed. I'm going to probably have to turn on a light because Martin Crystal said, and what they're teaching in their book, Ask, is you got to write down exactly whatever comes because your subconscious already knows what you are supposed to do. You're coded, at, I believe, at DNA and RNA at birth. And what happens is it's not revealed because you're a school teacher, you're a software engineer, you are a doctor, whatever. All that stuff is great. But that's not, that that's is not part of what you do, but that's not who you are or whose you are. Right. I mean, there was, there was a great, I can't remember, it's escaping me, the person who gave the talk, but it was a talk that I listened to recently about the boxes in which we put ourselves in, right? Like you come out of college and you're in the lawyer box or you're in the teacher box to your point, which you were just saying, and people forget that they put themselves in, you can take yourselves out. And that's not your entire definition of your being. I mean, from, for myself, I started as a theater kid. Like I graduated with a theater and music degree folks. And if anybody, one, it comes in very handy for a podcast, but two, you know, I spent 10 years working in high tech. So, you know, my husband looked at me one day and said, if you had ever told me you would be running high tech teams, he's like, I didn't know what was happening in our lives those 10 years. So, but there's a box that you need to ask your way out of sometimes. So just beautiful, beautiful, the two of you. <laughs> Um, any last kind of sentiments as we wrap things up? I mean, there's so much in this book and everyone should be reading it if you're not. Um, but what last sentiments would you like to leave our listeners with? Just to your last point, Michelle, I think that's where the asking God um, part is really important because when you ask God, you're, you're expanding your reach. You're actually reaching out to the whole universe, the whole all of creation. And you're saying, you know, basically what I like to say is, Will you show me my greatest expression? How can I be the greatest expression for which I was made? And when you, when you expand yourself outward like that, you're immediately transcending all of those boxes, right? right. And so I think you were asking, you know, ask yourself, ask others, ask God is one more important. I mean, that, that personal asking journey, asking yourself, that's always important to constantly do. But so is the they're all important. I mean, right. I think you just keep rolling them around in your life all the time, utilizing each one of them because each one plays a different role because you, as you ask yourself and ask God, then all of these ideas come to you. All of these things come in front of your experience and then you need to take action, right? You need to ask others because we're all here to be connected. It takes connecting to others. Yes. It takes asking others to put your journey in motion. And so right. each one intertwines and interweaves in this really beautiful way. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, connection over competition or collaboration over competition and all of those things, you know, coming full circle into the, to the business world as well. I mean, I, 
I think everything to your point, like every good relationship I've found business-wise, every success that I've had has come because I've asked the right questions or because somebody's referred or relationship has been built. Um, many people will boil it down to a sales funnel, but I think it's so much better than that. I think we're, we are better than that is quite frankly, um, my two cents on that. Well, can you tell folks where they can find you? We will also include all of this in the show notes, as well as, you know, things that you have coming up beyond the book, the book, all of it. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, thank you for such a big question. First of all, please, everyone get a copy of ask with an explanation yes. mark, the bridge from your dreams to your destiny. And Amazon exists literally world around and now because podcasts are literally worldwide and you never know who's listening. <laughs> exactly. Amazon exists everywhere. So God bless Amazon. Then we want you to join our book club, askthebookclub.com. And then we'd like you to go to my website and get a free book, a different book than this, of course, called uh, markvictorhanson.com. And then you can go to crystaldwyerhanson.com. And both of those got some free resources. What? Crystalvisionlife.com. Sorry. Sorry, I was saying <laughs> it's okay. You know, Crystal Dwyer Hansen is all my uh, social media. So reach out to us on social media. That's awesome. Mark Victor Hansen, of course. Crystal Dwyer Hansen. We love to hear from everybody. It's so awesome to stay connected. We're better when we're connected. Um, and we love to answer messages. I'm, I love you know, having people message me and as much as I can, I get on there and try and answer my messages. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of things planned for this year ahead, some really exciting things. So get in the book club, that's gonna be a free event. And then we can stay in touch with you on all these cool things. We have planned so many things ahead. This year is gonna be amazing. And we think seminars are going to open up and the whole marketplace is going to open up and we're going to be back on the trail again. And for a whole assortment of reasons, which we're going to have to do in the next show. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And that, I mean, I would be happy to do an next show with you all. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, thank you again, both of you. I mean, wealth of wisdom, wealth of information. Everybody go get the book. The links will be in the show notes. It's a beautiful piece of, I mean, I would go as far as to say it's a beautiful piece of art because I view it that's how I view it. And I just loved it so much. Um, so again, thank you both for joining me today. It was an absolute pleasure. We loved it, Michelle. We appreciate you. You're doing wonderful things. So thank you for what you do as well. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So I, I don't even know where to begin with my little mini recap of this episode, because there were just so many valuable nuggets in there for you. And, you know, number one, I do genuinely recommend going and getting their book because what was interesting for me is that, I mean, my entrance into self-help and personal development was with the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. So number one, I was a little bit fangirling out, talking to, talking to Mark, not going to lie. Um, and then Crystal's just absolutely beautiful and a delight and such an intelligent person that it just made the interview so much easier um, between the two of them. But what was really interesting to me is that Ask seems like the good sequel for all of us adults out there, right? Maybe you grew up reading the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, which for me were kind of a window into, you know, you're not alone on this messy human experience. But what Ask is, is it really gives you that deep dive into what is blocking you. Why can't you ask for help? Why can't you ask for business? Have you actually sat down and asked yourself, is this the life that I actually want or am I just on autopilot here? So I encourage you to go get the book, but you know, for some reason you don't have the time to read, whatever it is, take a couple moments, take a couple moments, sit with yourself, you know, and get really honest and ask yourself some really authentic, tough questions. 
and start architecting the life that you, you actually want to live and, and how you want to show up in this world, because you only get one, right? You only get one ticket on this ride. So you want to make sure that you are living it with intention. Okay. And on next week's episode, I am so excited to be joined by Lois Kofi. So Lois, you know, she's, she's a sales trainer and she's just, she's a podcast host like me. She is just an incredible human being. And you're going to hear all about her story, which, you know, she went from being extremely sick, having her car repossessed, sleeping on her friend's floor and essentially being homeless, you know, so her journey goes six figures to that and then back again. So she just has an amazing story to hear and she's brilliant. So you will not want to miss that. And as always, everyone, if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review. And you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later. 